attitude of worship and prayer. I'm going to try, key word, I'm going to try to be quick here tonight. I believe that God has something in store for us this evening. And I just, I'm, I'm ready to get in. As Brother Austin preached last Wednesday, this is not a very normal message. But we're not in a normal season. And God is, is done with the normal. And the natural is about to become supernatural. And it is becoming supernatural in the name of Jesus. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight? I believe He has heard our cry. Amen. I feel like we've touched the very heart of God this evening already. If you will, turn your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 28. Ezekiel chapter 28. These portions of Scripture are going to seem very gloomy, but this is a message that I believe God has, has given to me for this time, for this church, for everyone here tonight. Uh, I, I especially believe that we're in a transition in, in seasons, and we've been in a transition for some time. But God is doing something new. He's doing something fresh, as Pastor Ronnie preached Sunday morning. And this really goes right along with that. But Ezekiel chapter 28, we're going to begin in verse number 11. In verse number 11. Just to give you a little background, the first 10 verses, God is using Ezekiel, He's speaking to Ezekiel to call out to the king of Tyrus, an evil, wicked king, or the, the king of Tyre, which is later called. And we see here that he's going to mention his name again, but God shifts what he's talking about and who he's talking to. And he's talking to the, to the, the evil spirit, the devil himself, operating through the king of Tyrus. So we pick it up in Ezekiel 28 and verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom, and perfect in beauty. See, he's, he's changed here. He's, he's talking to the spirit operating, you, operating behind the scenes to the king of Tyrus, which is Satan himself. He says, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardius, the topaz, the, and the diamond, and the beryl, and the onyx, and the jasper, and the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and the gold, and the workmanship of thy tab tabrets, and thy pipes was prepared in thee the day thou wast created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. I have, set, I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day thou wast created. Till iniquity was found in thee. But the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence. And thou hast sinned. Therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness, and I will cast 
cast thee to the ground, and I will lay before before I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. Let us pray one more time tonight. God, we thank you for your word and its anointing and its power. And we ask God that your word go forth, uh, Lord, as the sword that it is described to be, penetrating hearts and lives, opening up those that are hardened to the things of God, and Lord, speaking to those that have a willing heart and willing ears to receive and hear. And Lord, we praise you and we bless your holy name in Jesus' name and the church says amen so we see here that this is really a story of Satan the devil Lucifer as many would know him himself he he this is a story about what happened that he lifted himself up because he was so perfect and he was so beautiful and he had such skill and and he was this just just this perfect being but he lifted himself up and pride entered in and iniquity entered in and, and he fell. But what I want you to notice here tonight is verse 14. It says, Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. You say, what, what does that mean? What does that mean? Is That means that the devil at one time, Lucifer himself, was anointed. He knew what it was to be in the presence of God. He knew what it was to operate in the presence of God. He knew what it felt like to be in the presence of God. He knew what the power of God was. And he knew what it meant to be anointed. Uh, a, 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 a definition, a simple definition of the word anoint is to nominate or choose someone as a successor or a leading candidate for a position. You say, what does that have to do with anything in this story? Is when you uh, anoint or, or you... you, you you have an heir and you anoint him to be king or to, in our country, to be president. What you've done is you have just handed him the scepter or the, her the scepter, if you will, of power and said, now that you're anointed, you have dominion, you have power, you have an anointing, you have authority on your life. So he knew what it was to have dominion. He knew what it was to operate in anointing and authority. He knew what it was to operate and power. And this is where my title comes in to you tonight. And this is the weirdest title I have ever, the, ever received in my life is don't give up your dap. Don't give up your dap. I'm not talking about a dab. That's so like five years ago. No one dabs anymore. Um, so don't give up your dap. Don't give up your dominion. Don't give up your anointing or authority and don't give up your power. You say, what are you talking about tonight? You're talking about Satan having dominion, having power. Well, here's the fact is Satan fell. The Lord tells us in this passage of Scripture through Ezekiel that because he became so prideful and he had, he had iniquity in his heart, he said, I have thrown you off the mountain of God from the, 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 this fire that is on the mountain. He said, I've thrown you from the presence of God, if you will. And he lost his anointing. He lost his dominion. He lost his authority. And he lost his power. Okay, so we find here in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1 and 27 and 28, it says this. So God created man in his own image. And in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. 
And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So when God created mankind, He created them with dominion. They were anointed of God. Why do you say they were anointed of God? Because one they were sinless. They were, they, they were in the garden of Eden. They had no shame. They were naked and they didn't know otherwise because there was no sin. But also it's because that God formed them out of the dust of the earth and breathed his breath which is symbolic of the Holy Spirit of God into man's nostrils. So therefore man and male and female were given Dominion. That's chapter 1. Genesis chapter 3, the devil shows up. The devil shows up and he begins to talk and to try to deceive Eve. And he was so subtle and he was so sneaky and he was so conniving. And he tried to convince her to eat of the tree of knowledge which she knew not to eat of. Why? 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 What? Just, just simply to disobey God? No, because the devil knows what it's like to be anointed and to, and to have authority and to have dominion. He knew what that was like. He he had felt that power before. He knew what it was like to, to see perfection, to see all this, the, the power and the splendor and the wonder of God. He knew all these things. And what he wanted was not to kill Eve, was not to destroy Eve, was not to kill Adam or to destroy Adam. Right away, he wasn't there to stab them in the back. He wasn't there to cut them wide open. What he was there to do was to keep them from walking in the dominion that God had given them. He wanted to keep them and he wanted to convince them to give up their dap, to give up their, um, their dominion, to give up their anointing and their authority and their power. So the devil, we read here in our main text tonight in Ezekiel 28, he knew what dap was. He knew what it was. He had tasted of it. He had seen it. He had experienced it. But after he fell and God gave the anointing and the power to to man and gave them dominion. He came after the dominion and the anointing that God had placed in your life. He came, he, he, he came after the dap. I know it's weird. You can laugh. It's a weird title. But it's so true. It is so true what the enemy has come to do. The Bible tells us that the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. When you begin to break that down, it wasn't meaning totally to destroy as in to kill. The word kill there doesn't even really mean to kill, but it was to keep you distracted, so busy with the things of life that you forget and you don't even realize that you're giving up your dominion, your anointing, and your power. They're all connected to the call of God on your life. And the enemy, since the beginning of time, has come after the people of God because he wants their dominion, their anointing, and their power. It's not that he wants it for himself, but he wants you to prevent you from walking in it. Because he knows how powerful it is. He knows how powerful the Spirit of God is. 
But don't you think, don't you thank God, don't you thank heaven that he sent his only begotten son named Jesus not into this world to condemn this world but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus said this. He said, listen, you, I tell you these things knowing this, that I've overcome the world. Don't worry about it. Don't be consumed with it. He, he goes on to tell Peter, and I love this in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18 and 19. He said, I say unto thee uh, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But he goes on in the next verse, and he says, I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth, that shall, it shall be loosed in heaven. What he was saying is what the devil lost in his fall what the devil lost when he was proud and, and, and sinned and, and caused iniquity, had iniquity in his heart and was cast down from the mountain of God. What the devil so longs for and wants to take from you and distract you from walking in. God said through Jesus, he said, I am giving you back the keys. I'm giving you back the dap. I'm giving you back the dominion. I'm giving you back the anointing. I'm giving you back the authority. I'm giving you back the power. Power to walk in a manner that you've never walked before. To lay hands on the sick and pray a prayer of faith as we just did as a body of Christ. And believe that little Lucy's going to be healed. That is dap. That is dominion. That is authority. That is power. What the enemy would like to do. Not just to the Spears family. But to the, this family. He would like to sneak in doubt and, and fear. And like to say you'll never get out of this. There's no way out of this. What he's trying to do is not only steal your faith, but if he can steal your faith and keep you from believing in God, what he's done is he's taken your dominion out of the equation. He's taken your authority out of the equation. He's taken the anointing on your life out of the equation. And if he can take the first two, then you'll have no power over what the situation or the battle you're in. I want to tell you tonight that Jesus said to Peter and to his disciples, I'm giving you the keys. I'm giving you the keys. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I'm giving you back the dominion. I'm giving you back the authority. I'm giving you back the power. Don't walk around in fear. Don't think, oh my Lord, there's a virus going on. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm in a situation. I'm in a battle. Uh, my finances are a mess. Uh, the kids started school today. I'm just busy. Don't be afraid of what the enemy is trying to do don't give up your dominion don't give up your authority and don't give up your power don't give it up the times we're living in as I said Lord I believe that we've been transitioning for a little bit into a new season and I'll tell you, there's, there was such an expectancy in the house here on Sunday morning. It, it, you, all you had to do was light a match. And it would, have, it would have combusted. I mean, people were excited. Come into this house tonight. And as we were praying back there before coming out, you could just feel the anticipation in the worship team. They wanted to see God move. They wanted to see something happen. And when that begins to happen, that hunger and that thirst begins to thrive in you. You say, God, I want more. God, I want more. When that begins to happen, the enemy will come. 
come and say, oh, I'm going to throw this at you. I'm going to throw that at you. I'm going to use your flesh. I'm going to take that thought and I'm going to use it against you. And he'll come at you every different direction. But listen, don't give up your dap. A dap will do you. Don't give up your dap. Don't give it up. The Bible tells us. The Lord showed this to me in my devotions. I've been reading through the Kings and been reading in the New Testament. I try to read both places every day, New Testament, Old Testament. But God began to show me something through the life of David. And, and I know you've heard David preach 50 million gazillion ways. And it's all been powerful and it's all been good. And, and I, I believe that. But the Lord showed me something that, that Pastor, I never, I never really noticed before. The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 13 that Samuel took a horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. That's an awesome portion of Scripture. We preached about it on Don't Sit Down a few weeks ago. Yo, woohoo. Yo, he's pumped up. I was pumped up. But, but what God began to show me about that portion of Scripture is when the anointing came on his life is when all hell broke loose in his life. We turn the page. We go to 1 Samuel chapter 17. He faces a giant. He's brave. He's strong. It feels good. He, he, he's like, all right, I'll take him down. And he does. And, and God anoints him and uses him in a, in a great and mighty way. But then we go into chapter 18. And then things begin to get a little shaky. He comes into covenant with Jonathan. They're BFFEs. They're close. They're tight. They're brothers in arms. and Everything's going good. And, and Saul says, listen, you're not going home no more because you're bad and you can fight. And, and, and I, I'm going to take you with me and we're going to fight together. And then all the people said, well, 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 Saul kills his thousands, but David kills his tens of thousands. And now David has an ally that's no longer an ally anymore. And in that same chapter, a javelin is thrown at the wall. It's actually thrown at David, but it goes into the wall. And then we go through chapter after chapter in 1 Samuel where David is like, God, I don't know what's going on. Why does Saul want to kill me? Why does Saul want to destroy my life? Why is Saul after me? This, this nation is divided. I, I've got me and my 600 men, and, and we're traveling all over the place. We're running. We're hiding. We're in caves. We're, we're with the enemy. We're, we're all over the place. God, I, I don't know what you're doing. I, I, don't, I don't really understand what's going on. But David never forsook the Lord. He stayed prayerful. He stayed mindful. We read in the Psalms again and again when he was on the run uh, from, from Saul and he was saying God's been good to me. God is keeping me. God is blessing me even in, in a land where, where I'm a stranger and we see that he holds on to his anointing. He holds on to the call of God on his life even when he doesn't understand why all this chaos is going on in his life. But David made up in his mind as a young man I'm not going to give up my dominion. I'm not going to give up the anointing that God placed on my life I'm not going to give up the authority or the power that God has given me and you go on Saul dies in 1 Samuel chapter 31 and David cries and he, he laments for him as we go into 2 Samuel chapter 1 and he, he's just crying and he's, he's all tore up and then well, well he gets over it and everybody's like okay it's time for you to become king it's time for you to step into the shoes that you've been anointed and you would think okay now he's stepping into this big 
roll and everything will go great for him. But it doesn't. You read in Scripture five times, five times there were civil wars breaking out right in his presence. You say, what, what are you talking about? We find that Saul's son was anointed by Abner, was taken by Abner, which was Saul's commanding general. And he took his son, Ishbosheth, and, and he said, listen, I, I, I want to anoint you king and we're going to split the kingdoms. There's going to be Judah and there's going to be Israel. And David, for seven and a half years, doesn't really understand. Well, God, I thought you anointed me. I thought I was supposed to be king. I, I thought things were going all right. But let's, as, we, as we look through his life, he never stopped believing and he never doubted the call of God on his life. He, he was saying, what he was saying, Jaden, was the anointing is still enough. The dominion that God gave me is still enough. I'm not giving up the power that God put on my life. The same power that defeated the giant back in chapter 17 is the same power that's going to deliver me years later. And we go on and we find that, that there's rebellion after rebellion. His own son Absalom rebels. And, and, and we find that in 2 Samuel 15 through 18. His own son, someone he loved, someone he raised, turns his back on him. But David, he says, listen, I'm not giving up on God. I love my child. I love my son. And I wish him the best. David never wanted Absalom to die. That was never his intention. He said, God, I don't know why they've even run me out of my own city. The city that you've given to me. I don't understand. But even in the wilderness, he would say, oh God, I long for you. I thirst for you to see thy power, to see thy glory. And so I've seen in the sanctuary, God, I want to be used by you. I still trust the anointing and the power you've placed on my life. I still believe that you're doing something even in the middle of this mess. I still believe that you want to use my family. I still believe you want to use my life. And then we find that Absalom goes away and, and he's killed in battle. And then you go on into, into 2 Samuel chapter 20 and there's a man by the name of Sheba and he lifts up the men of Israel and he says, listen, we're not going with David. We're going to fight against David. So the for fourth time, David is dealing with turmoil within his borders. And there's all kinds of division and there's all kinds of chaos. But David remained on the throne. He said, I'm not giving up what God has given to me. I'm not letting go of the promises that God's placed on my life. I'm not letting go of the prophecies that the prophet Samuel spoke over my life. I'm not going to let go of my dap. I'm not going to give it up. I'm not going to give up my throne. I'm not going to give up my dominion. I'm not going to give up my authority. I'm not going to give up my power. Why? It's not because I'm someone special. It's not because I've earned it. It's not because I've been so good. It's because there is a God in heaven who loves me, who loves me enough to say you're not going through the trials of life alone, but I'm going to give you dominion. I'm going to give you anointing. I'm going to give you power to walk through them. Young people, as we go back to school, don't give up your dap. Don't give up your dominion. School has an atmosphere, and you hear me say this all the time, young people, but you don't allow the atmosphere to dictate to you. You dictate things to the atmosphere. School or college, whatever it may be, high school, middle school, college campus, they're the, it's carnal. 
But what they need, what this world needs, is not a great sermon. I believe God uses preaching, and I believe He's going to use preaching. But the best sermon ever preached is the one walking down the hallways of high school. One walking on college campus. The one walking down the hallways of middle school that walks with a little swagger. Not because they're better. Not, I'm not talking about they, they walk like they're a gangster and they're all that and they got their drawers down. No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a confidence. A confidence not in yourself. Because it's a confidence like, like was prophesied to Zerubbabel. He said, listen, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by God's Spirit, says the Lord. That that was confidence. I can't do it in myself. I can't do it by my own might, by my own power, but there's a Spirit of God that rests on the inside of me. There's a dominion. There's an authority. There's a power in my life, and I'm not going to let this world say, try this, listen to this, watch that, smoke this, snort that. No, I don't need any of that. Why? Because I have a dominion. I have a power. I have an authority in my life. I don't need anything that this world can give me because God's already given it to me. I don't need anything else. Don't give up. David, fourth time, is still on the throne. Fourth, fourth rebellion. Steve, it's got to be over. But it wasn't. David's old now. First Kings chapter 1. I've preached on this topic before and God just began to speak to me this in a new way. And I believe this really lines up with what Pastor was preaching on Sunday morning. We get into 1 Kings chapter 1. David is old. He's gray. He wore out. Okay, he's tired. He can't even wait on himself. They have to get a maidservant to go in. A Shunammite woman goes in and waits on him. He's tired. But he never gave up. He's still king. He's still got his dap. And then the fifth and final uprising begins to take place. Another one of his children, Adonijah, which I'm probably butchering that name, but I don't speak Hebrew. And God knows what I'm saying. But Adonijah, 1 Kings chapter 1, he says, listen, my daddy's old and he's wore out. Now's my time. He grabs a few folk and he says, I'm going to anoint myself king. I'm going to put myself on the throne. I'm going to take the dominion and the authority and the power from my father. Sounds like Satan himself. Sounds like the same spirit that was working behind the king of Tyrus in our main text. He lifted up himself. If you read in the first ten verses of this chapter in Ezekiel 28, he, 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 the king of Tyrus said, I'm a god. He was worshipped and he worshipped himself as a god. And Adonijah says, listen, I, I want to take my father's dominion, authority, and power. But it was not his to take. The enemy has tried to take your joy, your peace, 
has tried to take your strength from you in the last few days, in the last few weeks, in the last few months. But I want to tell you that he can't take nothing from you that you don't give him. The reason he got the dominion in the garden and we handed him the keys is because Eve and Adam gave up their dominion. They let him take it from them. But David refused throughout his lifetime, refused to give up the call and the anointing of God on his life. He refused. He believed. He trusted. He had confidence in the call and in the anointing that God had placed on his life. But again, we're here in 1 Kings chapter 1. And another rebellion. Another one of his kids. We find that the priest... Zadok and the prophet Nathan and Bathsheba in, in different instances, not, not all at the same time. They end up being together at the same time, but they go to the king. They make a plan to go to the king and to his chamber because the king had already spoken that Solomon was the rightful heir. Ava's getting this. That little girl's got dap. We see that he says Solomon's the rightful heir. He's the one worthy of the throne. He's the one that I've chosen. The one that I've put my blessing, my stamp of approval on. And pastor, I believe this is where we are right now in the American church. There is a false king. A false... Dominion, a false authority, a false, a false power that's trying to set its kingdom and take its place and have dominion over this, this country. Using people and, and listen, I, 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 love, I love people. I just think people do dumb things, okay? I do dumb things. We're people, okay? I don't want to criticize anybody, but there is, there's people, there's an elect group of people in our midst in this nation that are trying to set up a dominion of their own and say, we deserve this. This is our kingdom. This is our nation. This is how it's going to be. And what they're trying to do, and it's been so subtle, it's been so quiet, it's been so meek, but what they're trying to do is get the church and the, the saints of God to give up their dap. Because we've been a Christian nation for years. We've served God. We've evangelized to the nation for years. To the nations of the world for years. The most evangelistic nation ever in the history of this, this world. We've sown into missions. We've sown into the kingdom of God. We took the, the word of God to places it's never been. Still doing that. But now through, through COVID, and, and, and again, like to repeat and echo what Pastor said, I know the virus is real. I know it affects people. It hurts people. It's harmful to people. It, it can be even lethal. But, but what I'm trying to say is the enemies use this to say, now you have fear, you have to give up your dominion. Now that you're no longer, now that the church is no longer operating in faith, you have to give up your authority. 
Now that you're, you're, you're silent and you're not saying anything and you're just complying with everything and, and you're just doing what we tell you to do. And I believe in being respectful to officials. I believe that we are to give Caesar what is Caesar's. But Caesar is never to impend on us giving God what is God's. I, I believe that. I, I believe in respecting our officials. But through all this and everything going on and the chaos in our world and the climate in our nation, what he's tried to do is he said, so, so now that you're afraid and, and now that you're not operating in faith and now that you're quiet I want you to give me your dominion, your authority and your power and we'll run this nation just like Adonijah tried to do this is my throne this is, this is my nation I'm the rightful heir But here's what's so powerful is David. David, never seen the righteous forsaken, never seen his seed begging for bread, had battled and battled all his life. The Bible even says he was a man of he was a man of war. He fought the battles, hard fought. And when the enemy tried to set up Again, one more time, his, his own son, his own people. That's what we see in this nation, our own people. Trying to isolate and get rid of another group of their own people. Another civil, civil conflict. David's going through it again. But David says, listen, I'm still not giving up my, my authority. And you... This is where I believe we are right now because there's a generation of elders that have sought the face of God. They're still seeking the face of God. And now their ministry has changed over the last few months. And parents and grandparents are beginning to pray for another generation. And they're saying, listen, God, the same power, the same dominion, the same authority that we operated in when we were young, that same power that we saw when we were young in the church, that same authority that we had when we were young in the church, that same thing that's got me through all these years, I pray, God, that you will give it and hand it down to the next generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, a chosen generation. What, what's happening is there's, there's a baton being passed. And it's not that the elders, the parents, or, or, or the grandparents are stepping away. No, what they're saying is this is what it's going to take to see the miracles happen again. This is what it's going to take to see the outpouring of God's Spirit again. This is what it's going to take. And, and what happens is David, and if First Kings chapter 1 he says now I, I want you to come here and he brings all of them in and he said I want you to get my own mule I want you to put Solomon on it and he says this in verse 33 and it's, it's so powerful it's so powerful what he says he says get him to Gihon get him down to Gihon you say what, what does that have to do with anything Gihon means stream or river of paradise 
but its root word means to gush. He said you get him to the place where something can burst forth in his spirit that he's never experienced before. And I want you to know that Gihon was the only stream. It was the only fresh water for the entire city of Jerusalem. In the last few years, they, they've done digs there and they found that David, they believe truly that David has set up his own little temple operation at Gihon next to the spring. And there was an altar for sacrifice and there was a press for the olives so, so a king could be anointed. There was an altar of incense. There was this thing he had prepared, this place where you could, where you could come and be anointed and feel empowered. And it was at the very place where waters would spring forth and give life to the whole city. And in that same city, thousands of years later, a thousand years, almost a thousand years later, Jesus would stand up on the great day of that feast in John chapter 7. And he said, out of your bellies shall flow rivers of living water. What Jesus was saying is there's going to be a spirit that's going to come to you and flow through you. And he tells his disciples before he ascends into heaven, you've got to get to Jerusalem. You've got to go and wait until you're endued with power from on high till the river begins to flow. And David says the same thing. He's passing the baton. He said, you get Solomon to a place where the spirit of God can anoint him, where he can receive the same dap that I've operated in over the last few years, that he can receive dominion, that he can receive authority, that he can receive power. He said, you get him to the place where the Holy Spirit of God can move through him and operate in him. And we have in this generation a young group of Solomon saying, I'm ready. I'm ready. I want to be king. I want to operate in dominion. I want to operate in authority. I want to operate in power. And we have these elder saints crying out to God. And they're saying, just honey, just get to Gihon. Just get a hold of the Spirit of God. Just get baptized. Get re-baptized. Get refreshed in His Spirit. And you're going to walk out with an anointing and a power that you've never known, young people. You're going to walk into your schools with an authority on your life that you've never known before. Why? Because you said, I'm willing, I'm wanting. And God said, I'm going to fill you up. He says, get to Gihon. You have to get to Gihon. But here's what's powerful. God wasn't done yet. Because while he was getting anointed, while Solomon was getting the oil poured out, the enemy was still trying to take it from him. His brother Adonijah is having a party. They're picking him up and putting him down. It's a honky-tonk. They're line dancing. They're doing all kinds of things. They're eating. They're drinking. They're, they're glad. They're being merry. But as pastor preached about a sound of the trumpets of God coming as David was anointed and he was placed back on that mule and there came a blast. The priest began to blow on the shofar, on the trumpet and they began to shout so much so that it shook the very earth and Adonijah, the enemy had to stop and say, 
What is going on? What is going on? And that's exactly what the enemy is starting to do in the times that we're living in. Because this generation, I don't know if you've seen them up here worshiping. You've seen them up here getting in, testifying, speaking of the miraculous things of God. So what that tells me is they're receiving an anointing. The cork has been pulled and God is holding up his hand and he's beginning to pour out. And he's saying, God, sons and daughters prophesy. Sons and daughters do what you thought was impossible. Do what you thought you couldn't do. Be confident. Be strong in the Lord. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Pick yourself up. You fight in the Word daily. You pray without ceasing. You put on the whole armor of God. And we see that beginning to take place. And now that that's happened, as Pastor preached on Sunday, there is going to come a sound out of this generation that the devil never thought he would hear. And he'll say, what? What's going on here? What's happening? I had my dominion. I had had silence them I had taken their authority I had taken their power but no there's a generation that's going to the schools and to the highways and to the byways and they're laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover that they're laying hands on those that they go to school with and they're speaking in other tongues that they're praying with people on their lunch break and seeing them accept Jesus as their savior it all comes when a generation says listen I'm not going to let go of my dap I'm not going to let go of the dominion that God's given me I'm not going to let go of the authority or the power that God has placed in my life. Stand with me tonight. Come to the music, please. Donna just said, what is this uproar? The enemy thought the deed was done. He still thinks the deed is done. He still believes that he's won. But as these young people and as these elders, I, I, I told Pastor this, I told Sierra this, I told the young people this on Saturday. There is a unity in this house like I've never felt. I, Brother Chris, I just feel like everybody. It doesn't, from the worship team to just everybody's on the same page. We've got to see God move. Period. Period. And there's a unity beginning to take place. There's a generation. There's a generation that's looking to another generation, a younger generation, and they're saying, You, 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 you. There's a dominion there. You say, oh, Pastor Jade, I feel afraid. Take dominion over your fear. You say, but Pastor Jade, my, I heard in my body. Take authority over the pain and the sickness in your life. But Pastor Jade, I feel so weak. You speak the power of God over your life. Because as Paul said, when I am weak, he's strong. What is that? That's dap. You hear me say all the time, Paul simply said, I am persuaded. When you get persuaded, 
that nothing in this world can move you, nothing in this world will move you. When you get persuaded that every time you lay, and listen, I want to get to this place, sir, that every time I lay my hands on someone that's sick and hurting in their body, I want to be so persuaded in the God that I serve that they can't help but be healed. I want to be so persuaded in the dap on my life that when a young person comes up to me and says, I, I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that as Paul laid hands on them, they immediately received. That's what I want. But being persuaded simply can be summed up with our title. It's when you don't give up your dap. When you don't give up your dominion and your authority and your anointing and your power. I want to speak over you young people. If I don't mess myself up. The Lord gave me two portions of scripture for this generation. What's going to make them be different is Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 27. And when and, and, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulders and his yoke from off thy neck. What, what the enemy's been placing on you is about to come off of you because. What he goes on to say is the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. It's coming off of you because of the dap. Because of the anointing, the authority, the dominion, the power. What you're dealing with, what you struggle with day in and day out is coming off of you. That's why you feel the boldness. Some of you are, are, are sensing a boldness that you've never felt before, and it's because it, things are coming off of you. Hey, when you go back to school and, and all this stuff tries to come, all the homework stuff, listen, you need to be a good student. I believe that. But never forsake your time with the Lord because your anointing is what keeps your burdens light. Your yoke's easy. So I wanted to share that with you that it's coming off of you because of the anointing that God's placing on, on, placing on your life. But there's something else that's going to happen as that anointing comes on your life. And it's going to be what Paul spoke about in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And you're going to begin to speak. And these young people have been speaking and been exhorting and been testifying. And Chris, I feel authority. I feel boldness. Maddie was worshiping tonight. She felt the boldness to just exhort and to speak. And Emma just said, listen, she may have had something. I believe she probably had something totally different prepared to say. But she said, I feel the Spirit of the Lord leading me. We need to pray. She said it with confidence and assurity. She knew what God was telling her to do. And, and, and Sophie stood up here and said, listen, I hated myself. But now through Christ, I love who God has made me to be. That's authority, that's boldness, that's power. Cam and Carly, I could go down the line, each and every one of these young people. God's been using them. The boldness in them. 
Elijah coming forth and worshiping. He's saying, I don't care what everybody else is feeling. This is what I feel. And what that, that's an anointing, that's an authority, that's a dominion that's coming on your life. But here, here's what it's going to say to others. This is what Paul said, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of men's wisdom. I wasn't the best spoken. I wasn't the most talented. I wasn't the most useful to the world. But he said, that I don't come with you with all this, this wisdom and, and, and things that man has, has created and done, but in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and of power. When people look at your life, Jaden, they're not going to no longer see, oh, you know, that's Jaden Murray. You know, this is his parents, he's got good parents, he's, he's got a good family. No, they're going to say, that's Jaden Murray, and he walks with an authority and a dominion and a power in his life. Because your, your life is going to say something beyond words. It's going to impact those around you. That's DAP.